Forget Brokenwood Mysteries or even Paul Cleave's Christchurch-based thrillers, Ponsonby is our latest literary crime hotspot. Expat Suzanne Frankham, who's now based in Australia, has set her first crime novel in a suburb she knew well growing up. Suzanne had already won awards for her crime-focused short stories before she wrote Shadow over Edmund Street. Her Ponsonby-based detective is Alex Cameron. Now He's investigating the death of a woman who recently dramatically changed her look at the same time that her neighbourhood is being gentrified, very inner-city suburbs. Dominic Godfrey reads from the novel. Alex crossed the road and looked back at the church, an austere red brick building, the facade softened by the stained glass windows and bell tower. As much as he tried, the sight still invoked a feeling of loss. He'd discovered it was one thing to reject the doctrine, to make a rational decision that what you were being taught was nothing more than a collection of fairy tales. It was another to live with the spiritual emptiness. He'd tried his best, married young, filled the emotional void with a wife and family, a new home to renovate, a demanding job. All of it crashed and burnt when his wife took their children and left. Their home sold. All he had left was his job. Alex turned and walked, head down, hands in pockets, until he found himself in Edmund Street, standing in front of Edwina's house. Over a hundred years old, Victorian, a worker's cottage but reborn with a loving hand, different to Mrs. O'Brien's further up the street that ached of exhaustion. In desperate need of a saviour, He wondered how long she'd lived there, struggling to cope. Fifty? Sixty years? But soon she would be gone and the tide of renewal would continue. Next to it was Edwina's old home, encased in scaffolding, an office conversion and progress. On the corner of the main road, double-storied, large block. He was no expert but he reckoned the location was worth serious money. Suzanne, you're based in Australia now, but this is very much set in Auckland, in a specific part of Auckland that you know. And was this really the, the perfect place to set your story? Uh, in the middle of the night when I should have been sleeping, I often just sort of make up stories. And this is a story that... Um, that came to me over a period of about a year and I always saw it visually in Ponsonby because it's a story really about um, the revitalisation of of a suburb and uh, someone who was locked out of that, I guess. Gentrification, that's a popular word for it, isn't it? yes. I don't know Ponsonby all that well, but when I have visited, it's a mix of people and places and and wages and salaries and lifestyles, isn't it? It is. And when Edwina was born, she was born in 1965, I think. She's the main, the character that gets killed in the beginning. Uh, Ponsonby was just at the beginning of the gentrification process. And her life was a very simple life. And she was locked out of, of the changing suburb until she won this... Um, she won a church raffle and it was one year 
in a gym and, and she went to the gym and she met the new people coming into Ponsonby. So, yeah, that's what the story is all about. I've always thought it must be hard for a murder mystery writers when you are killing off somebody who's not just a, <laughs> a, a name, you know, sometimes they're, they're not really the story. But we do get to know Edwina throughout the book. This was Edwina's story. It's a murder mystery, but it was really her story. And it starts at the end, I guess, because they find her dead. But we, as you say, we then go through and see her life. So this, this is a story at two levels because there's the story of the detectives and her friends that are trying to find out what's happened. And then there's also her story. Yeah, but I'm quite fond of Edwina. <laughs> It was the end for her, though, wasn't it? <laughs> well, she's kind of an every person, which I find quite delightful, because particularly on television, perhaps, the murder victims are beautiful, successful people. And I like the fact that she was, she had her faults, but she was a very real person who clearly had hopes and dreams that are lost. Yes, and um, I grew up in the suburb next to Ponsonby and Greyland, and there were lots of Edwinas there then you know people who um, it was a struggling time and uh, yeah so I'm fond of her very fond of her. Did Edwina come before your detective Alex Cameron or did Alex come first because the detective of course is crucial in these stories. The person that came first was Edwina and then Mr Chan's shop which uh, when I was at university, I used to go past this kind of window that had all this wonderful Chinese porcelain in it, and that sort of created that character and became an integral part of the story. So was Alex number three? Alex was number three, yes. He was number three. So the Chan family, Edwina, and her support cast as it were and then and then the detectives after that yes so how would you describe alex because usually there's some kind of defining personality with often with males they seem to be loners or a bit too much into the drink or you know broken wood mysteries it's all about the country music so how would you just describe alex yes it's it's a bit of a typecast scenario isn't it well i tried to um he grew actually as the story went along He's a 40-something-year-old just struggling along the way so many are, I guess, and uh, he's had a bit of a rough time and he and Mr Chan support each other in a way, I think, and uh, I quite liked him at the end. I thought he initially he was a bit of a vacuum, but he, he got filled out more and more as the story went along. He's got dog <laughs> as well. I actually thought that was, I mean, that's an early story we learn about, Alex, and I'll get you to tell it because I don't think there's any spoilers here, but it says something to his character. Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah, Dog was one of my favourite characters. Dog was found with uh, someone who was dead and he, he uh, Alex walked in on the scene and he, after five days sitting on top of um, his dead mistress, he came over to Alex and they sort of bonded like that. So, yeah. They're very fond of each other. And, of course, he's he's with Alex at night, but when Alex is working, he's usually with Mr Chan. So um, in the next story, which I'm writing at the moment, we see a bit more of Dog's life during the day because he has quite a nice life during the day, life of his own. 
often these detectives or detective equivalents, you know, are lone wolves. I like the fact that Alex has a really good working relationship, uh, non-romantic, which is also refreshing, with Marion. And she has a lot of qualities that he respects and realises he doesn't have himself. So they're a good team. That's right. Well, Marion is, um, I call her values, country values, and she says what she thinks, and that's that. So uh, even though he's the, um, the boss, as it were, she doesn't take any nonsense from him. She's not overly um, exertive, I don't think, but she just says it the way it is. Really kind of moving uh, towards the front of the book where uh, Mrs O'Brien has been told of Edwina's death and Alex stands back and he leaves the imparting of this bad news to Marion and he said, look, a few quiet words from her. The old lady gasped and moaned. He says, it's always the same, a world broken in a second and it could never be any yes. other way. And I... I kind of came back and reread that a few times because it is kind of an unimaginable situation for someone to have to to give that information and then they need to ask questions this is what police have to do to try and solve it but that must be a horrible moment you know I haven't experienced it thank god (laughs) it would be it would be awful um as a writer I I just Try not to go into too much detail there. It's all, it's all about conveying emotion. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? It would be very tough. What research do you do? I mean, you're an avid reader, of course, of the genre, uh, Suzanne, but what research have you done into, I don't know, police procedures, for example? Look, I, people call this a police procedural. I'm not sure if you think of it that way. It begins that way, but it diverges. I've got a family um, of lawyers back in New Zealand, so... There were a few trans-Tasman phone calls. Um, there was one this morning, actually. I was asking about coroner's courts. <laughs> that comes up in the next book, in coroner's inquests. The other thing people have asked me about was some of the science that's in the book. And uh, I started life as a zoologist, so that, that was the science that I'm familiar with. So for this particular book, most of the information in it was reasonably accessible to me. The next book, not quite so. I'm going to have to work a bit harder on that one. And you've got to get it right too because readers know, don't they? I sometimes think they they are looking for clues themselves and they are pretty smart readers and they'll know if something, or they could well know if something is incorrect in the science or in in the detective process. Well, absolutely. And there is one thing wrong. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that I've lived in uh, four four countries and I've, I've, you know, different countries have different words for different things. And I've kind of lost which word belongs to which country. I'm not sure whether I should say this. <laughs> I made the terrible mistake of using the word doona. I was going to that. ask you, I had doona marked in the book and I did shuckle. <laughs> Oh, well, actually, actually, you know, I'm pretty sure I used to do that. And then one of the readers said, no, it should be Duna. And, and as I said to you, I've got no idea which word belongs to which country anymore. So I changed it. So there we are. I'll blame them. Now, there is another central <laughs> character here too, and this is Rose. And she is one of those enigmatic characters that it takes us a long time to figure out where she sits in this story. So she's Edwina's friend 
quite a lovely description. She said uh, Edwina walks in. She said uh, she's about 20 kilos heavier. She was wearing a homemade tracksuit with a rabbit on the front, which I rather liked, um, and sand shoes. You know, she was poor. She said, I could recognise it. I could smell it and every single thing about her. Someone who'd battled for every cent, which I like. And she also said of Edwina, you know, she was overwhelmed by what Ponsonby has become. So we learn a lot of Edwina through Rose's eyes. But Rose is a very different character. Yes, Rose is someone who's lived um, in, in five or six different countries, so she's uh, quite a sophisticated person, but found herself, she's gone full circle. So uh, she's found herself pretty much back where she began. Uh, so she sees Ponsonby, I suppose. She's seen the changes in Ponsonby. We see them through, through her, don't we? Now, when I think about it, her descriptions, yes. But Edwina and her were both born in Ponsonby, so there's that link. And Edwina clutches onto her. Are you one of the these writers of thrillers who has everything fully mapped out? I don't know, lots of post-it notes on your wall, you know exactly where you're going from chapter to chapter? Or are you more instinctive? So you have your central characters and you kind of know where you're heading, but you may be flexible along the way. What's your style? Everyone has to be a little bit flexible. Um, Post-it notes, no. I've got the stories mapped out in my head. As I said, that book was pretty much written in the middle of the night in my head. Um, And when I actually get down to write it, I write scene scene to scene. So in the morning, uh, I'd sort of go somewhere and plan the scene and then go to my computer and um, write the scene. So post-it notes, no, but essentially it's, it is happening, that process is happening in my head. Did you go into this knowing that Alex, uh, you'd bring him back, you know, he can, he can be a detective who can sustain several books? Is that kind of what you wanted to create as well as part of this as a, you know, a rollicking good story, but a, a detective with legs? No, I just wanted a rollicking good story, a yarn. <laughs> um, and my next story was going to be a story, a scientific story actually about um, Alfred Russell Wallace, who was around at the same time as Charles Darwin. But I had got, there's been, a, I wouldn't say pressure to do a second story, but um, I have got the characters still around, rumbling around in my head, so they might pop out for one more outing. Shadow Over Edmund Street by Suzanne Frankham is published by Journeys to Worth.